So I, I am sorry, Matt, um, and I'm sorry, Ian, for taking over the conversation. I did just make a clicking sound with my tongue. Um, I don't believe that I can clap because I broke my arm. Uh, oh sure. my God! <laughs> Were you playing basketball? Tell me no, the was, truth. <laughs> Were you playing basketball? I was, I was snowboarding in Austria. Um, right. Yes. Of course. Oh, that's actually cool. Okay. <laughs> you had a gnarly um, wipeout. I did. You fucking rocket did powered. Did a gnarly wipeout. I haven't quite made it to the hospital yet because of insurance reasons. I will be going tomorrow. Um, oh, it's so that great I've that you're cosplaying right as an American right now. <laughs> yeah, it's just about tra- it's just travel gets a bit complicated. But uh, yeah, I, 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 as you could tell, I was holding the holding the mic like this when I was doing stuff with because I can't. I just can't really. Uh, How many limbs have you broken at this point? So. It's a great question. And I want. And hold look, on. Wait. I have. I have. I have. I have a random follow up. I want both sum total and also the individual. Like, oh, it's only two, but it's it's many times. Right. So 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 I've got some other clarifying questions. When you say limb, um, I should I say bro- bones. Actually, bones. Well, that depends on which bone I broke, um, because this is either the second time that I've broke. In the same bone on my left arm, or, or perhaps the other bone on my left arm. Um, so I'm not actually sure about that. So I've got. How many times have you broken a bone? I think is the real question. One, two, three, four. I want the five. full snap breakdown. I want all of this. I want the I baseball believe, perspectives of Stephen's body. Believe it's it's just six. I think I told someone eleven the other day, but then I just six. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, Gordon Hayward, right there. Let's, let's back it I'm down a little bit. I'm sitting at zero, next, dog, and I'm uh, <laughs> the same age. I broke next. my wrist when I was like five. I broke a tooth. Like, technically a bone. My next, my next sentence, my next sentence was going to put this all in perspective for you guys. Not that you already didn't know this, but I was like, I think, I think I knee-jerkly told someone eleven the other day, but I was thinking about the number of accidents that I've been in in a car. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking so. with a friend earlier today, um, and she was telling me about how her childhood nickname was Crash because of what a <laughs> destructive force she was. She was telling me this because after she, she was sent a, me a photo. Because she was a bandicoot? Yeah, that too. Uh, this was after she sent me a photo of her bruised face because she ran into the wall while playing a VR game for the first time <laughs> at like full sprint. <laughs> That's very nice. And I can't believe you aren't the person who is a, who I know who was crash as a child as yeah. you talk about your 17 cumulative experiences there. Yeah, so you once bone... said that you want the Halo stats breakdown of your life when you die and you yeah, want do, like yeah. gallons of honey mustard consumed. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, the injury ta- tally is going to be amazing. <laughs> Welcome to the beginning and the end of the world. There were some weird fucking needle drops in this show. Dude, um, the fact that this show ends with a flume song. Flume. Flume. I was like, well, they used you know, that. I, I that's the it, second time they used that flume needle drop. 
I guess it I guess it fit in that like when like when spoilers for later in the podcast uh Jude Law <laughs> My is resurrected you say oddly <laughs> uh is resurrected and and like gives his like oh, I'm I am like I am a holy entity speech to all the cardinals with with like uh I don't want aliens inside my brain fucking helmet on which I think is probably some like holy it's called the papal thing tiara. that is real. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. The, oh the one he asked to get back. The one from, he wanted back from DC. Uh, when you see yeah. the drip that he has in the scene you're like you got to get it. But uh like the the like vaguely just like kind of like kind of like all right, uh, electronic track they have going in the background that makes it seem like his speech actually is an electronic track. Like you're in, like the <laughs> sort of thing when you're There's in the club and somebody the puts it, a, yeah. yeah, somebody puts a famous speech in the middle of their like, in the middle of their beats, and you're like, okay, yeah, no, this kind of works. Like it's very strange listening <laughs> to that. Uh, the that, thing to know about Paolo Sorrentino. Hi, this is, as you know, the podcast that's dedicated to covering the first and last episode of every television show in existence. And we are here, we come to you today on bended knee. We come to you asking you to hear us, to forgive us, to listen to us. We, we know the stories, we know who you are, we know who we are, we know all of this. I'm Ian Benson, joining me. As always, he's accompanied by, and all places, by a, um, an, uh, an escort, uh, who he is going to marry. It's Travis Marmon. How's it going? And, God, there's so many things to pick from in this one. How about, uh, carried um, in on a palanquin? <laughs> I was going to say, I was leaving palanquin. a new wave of, <laughs> of Catholic, uh, fanaticism. It's Stephen Doughton. Yeah, I mean, if my if my arc ended with me being some kind of messiah, I'd be like, yeah, that tracks. <laughs> that's that's almost the most arrogant statement. <laughs> like, if you think about it for Steve, a second. Yeah, Stephen, if if any of us were to have uh, idolaters, I do feel like Stevens are most likely to kill an elementary school teacher. What I will never and possibly cause and teacher. possibly cause a holy war. I will. Uh, well, yeah, sure, maybe that one, but I will absolutely never kill an elementary school teacher. At least well, neither did Pope Pius the Thirteenth, but his followers did. Oh, do you mean like through my actions accidentally? Yeah, okay, you have inspired sure. these people to yeah, take, you've, you've take ins- six children hostage on an Italian island and <laughs> make everyone think that it was an Islamic terrorist regime and almost cause a holy war. That yeah. sounds about right. Because you're thinking, just too. Because you. I'm because you maybe were believed 40s. to be dead and too handsome. Or whatever. I'm thinking maybe 49 for that. Age-wise or percent chance? Age-wise. Okay. If you can't tell, uh, we're here today to talk about the young slash the new Pope, the uh, Italian co-financed co-production between also France and Spain and sort of the United States. Uh, created and directed by Palin Sorrentino for Sky Atlantic, HBO, and Canal Plus. This is one of those uh, episodes, if you haven't caught on by now, where Ian is a bit a bit uh, excited about his own pick. Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> well, there's I just be... think this is a fun show. But, um, yes, uh, The Young Pope is the story of uh, 
Pope Pius XIII, as played by Jude Law, a young, he's 47 years old, uh, Pope who... That's very uh, young. His, it, it's young yeah. for the Pope, but he's not a young man. He was simultaneously the young Pope and young Dumbledore, but not actually a young man, which they is They didn't want to call it the hot Pope, Did which is actually a big Dumbledore? part of like, the show as well. The 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 memory wipe that the <laughs> Do you Fantastic Beast franchise has done to the world is truly remarkable. I was talking about this the other day with some friends. I never saw it. Because to be to be clear, yeah. you don't need to. Just watch the scene where Johnny Depp vapes from a skull and then shows a vision of World War II, a real dude, honest to god scene. Dude, the vape at the end of this show. Oh my god! <laughs> the naked. Yeah, <laughs> would you guys hit the naked lady vape? <laughs> Yeah. What's in the naked lady vape? I would hit it, sure. Without I would asking. ask what's in the naked lady vape. Uh, that's no, that's um, us. That's us. Would hit the naked lady vape. Would hit the naked lady vape assuming that there was something reasonable in it. Would not hit the like, naked lady vape. That's the three of us. Yeah, if it was that offered is, to you if damn. it was offered yeah, if it was offered to you by this mysterious uh like pseudo diplomat like shadowy He's just deep the state ambassador. figure. He's just the United States' ambassador to the Vatican. Yeah. A real thing that exists. I think exists. that's only an official I wonder who title, that is. Can we I get his name? Yeah. Uh, the real one or the actor? The real one. The guy who is the okay. fucking United States ambassador to the Vatican. The ambassador of the United States to the Holy See is currently Joe Donnelly. So we sent an boring. Irish guy to do this one. Yeah. This is fucking, <laughs> we sent yeah, an Irish boring fucking... We sent an Irish Catholic. That makes <laughs> sense. Uh, that's no, that that's makes the sense. Biden administration right there. No, it sure um, is. Being an ambassador to a micronation is really funny. I know the Vatican is sort of in its own... is a, a different situation than... So, you know, Nauru, so I landed but in... Like, <laughs> so I landed oh in Zurich. It seems like a funny job. I landed in Zurich, and which is in uh-huh. Switzerland, for... And I took a, a little bus up to uh, a town called Zurs in Austria. Um, it's very small. It, it, it was less than a two-hour drive. In between, I didn't pass through, which I'm kind of mad about, but I went so close to a country that... Luxembourg gets a lot of... <laughs> of <laughs> a, a lot of... Um, attention for how small it is and just kind of being a weird little guy in the middle of this, you know, little French, German, Dutch cocktail of a world uh, here. But like Liechtenstein, what are you thinking? What are they thinking? (laughs) Do you guys know about Liechtenstein? You kind of hit a Minnesota accent to talk about that. (laughs) This place is so small. It's a fucking joke. What could you economically or culturally have different than the places around you that you think you're so special that you can't be in Austria or Germany or Switzerland? Like, what are you uh, doing? Have you hit up up Andorra yet? Uh, You gotta do like a European, a continental Europe micronations tour. This can't be right. This no, this number can't be right. Is this the population this of Liechtenstein? Right. The size is truly remarkable. It's so small. Well, I, only it's, when I was driving past it was I was I was like, I this place cannot call itself a country. Okay, That's Travis. Stupid. In square miles, how big do you think Luxembourg is? Oh, I'm so bad at the concept of like stuff in square That's miles. That's why I asked uh, you. Twenty-eight. You think it's twenty-eight square miles? I Jesus don't know. Christ, Travis! Come on, <laughs> two hundred and eighty. <It's, laughs> this is. Can I invoke so, a famous? I, so I, can funny. I, 
I'm gonna just <laughs> invoke a Travis moment that is a piece of advice that you basically indirectly gave, which was um, beep asking you when we were in college in the newspaper office, asking you how much do you think a woman bleeds when they're on their period. <laughs> you went, I don't know, like a gallon. Because you didn't really have an answer, and you knew that if you went with a really big one, everyone will laugh about it. Mm -hmm. And that is a thing I have continued to do throughout my life <laughs> when I don't know a number, is get something astronic, just astronomically <laughs> just large. Okay, yeah. Yeah, or, or, or very small. Or infinitesimally like, small, depending yeah, on what you're being all, asked. Either of those poles, where I'm like, I don't know the answer, and so I'm just going to be ridiculous. square miles and it always is works. crazy. It's 998 square miles is Luxembourg. It's very okay. small. Now, would you like a second guess on Liechtenstein? Liechtenstein. Smaller than, smaller than Luxembourg, correct? Yes. Yes. So and you were astonished at how small it is. Yes. 350. It's so small. 62. Like, at first, I was looking at the numbers, country? and I was processing that as 620, and I was like, yeah, so it's two-thirds the size of Luxembourg. I mean, Luxembourg is very small. The I can only think of one person famous from Luxembourg, uh, and she's not necessarily that famous, but um, it's the actress Vicky Creeps uh, from Phantom Thread and mm -hmm. Bergman Island and Old. Uh, hey, Lichtenstein hey being, Travis. Hey, Travis. Um, what what's the name of the town where you grew up? Clarkston. Although, if if you're trying to look up, well, I guess you're looking up square mileage, not like population. But it gets confusing because technically it was Independence Township, and the vil the people that live in the village of Clarkston, which is only like 700 people, are really snooty about people referring to the whole area as Clarkston. But commonly, it is Clarkston. So so Clarkston, this tiny village you grew up with, 700 people, is half a square mile. I didn't I didn't live in the village of Clarkston. I lived in the what is technically Independence Township, but the village yeah the village is half a square mile. Sounds sounds right. Independence Township is uh, 94 square miles. Sorry, thirty six. I was looking at kilometers. Thirty six so uh, square miles. So, so it's most like of most of Liechtenstein. More than half of Liechtenstein. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what the fuck are you thinking? Just I just want to do a little. I'm imagining like I just want to do a little bit of Crusader Kings there, just in real life, just a little Crusader just, Kings. I mean, go to war. Are they like, a monarchy they or uh... take them over? Um, this is like this is like the plot of um, a royal corgi wedding or like one of those Hallmark movies where like there's this, somebody's the king of a of a country that's so small nobody remembers it exists but those countries are all bigger than Liechtenstein is in real life and this is all relevant to the plot because <laughs> yeah it's like the is Liechtenstein larger than the map of <laughs> Breath of the Wild two <laughs> like uh, Liechtenstein <laughs> or whatever Tears of the Kingdom whatever it is Liechtenstein is only the fourth smallest country in Europe and this is why this is why the uh, Caliphate has no interest in Europe at the end of this series it's what Vatican San Marino Monaco are those all smaller San Marino Monaco Vatican City yeah 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 then Liechtenstein. Vatican City is bigger than Monaco and San Marino? No, no, no. It's the smallest. Okay. I was reading, sorry, descending. It is It is uh, uh, 0.2 square miles, Vatican City. It is so dumb that that is considered a separate nation, even though it's yeah, just you know, listen, a neighborhood in like Rome, Yeah, you know, listen. Much like how Washington, D.C. is neither Virginia 
nor yeah, but Maryland. Washington D.C. is so much. Vatican more City is not Italian, even though it is deeply than... Italian. Mm-hmm. Fucking yeah, but I just—it's the comparison point. Anyways, the young Pope. Uh, that's about Pius the Thirteenth, a uh, a young conservative uh, religious leader. The, the you know the Pope who uh, undergoes a prophetic transformation, and then the new Pope is the. Second season, it was created as the second season and then retitled, uh, where uh, Pius the Thirteenth is uh, in a medically induced coma Pope after John a heart Malkovich attack and has been replaced by Pope uh, John Paul the Third. Well, actually, technically, he gets he gets replaced by another guy who dies instantly. Yes, or yes. Actually, he is technically replaced by a, a different pope who then starts to uh, uh, enact a series of like grand sweeping liberal reforms so he's murdered and then they appoint pope pius the third or pope john paul the third or maybe the guy just has a heart attack from like uh, living said, too i think what wikipedia says he had a heart attack but it's implied to have been uh set in motion by voyello one of the great characters of our time cardinal voyello uh but yes i watched the entirety of this television program uh it was a show i was excited for uh it is a show that uh, I have returned to, which is usually a rarity for me, and it is a show that I frequently post images from in regards to a variety of circumstances. On the 2020 election, my running Twitter thread was just a series of photos of uh, Pope Pius XIII reacting effectively to whatever my mood of the news was, like praying or looking bored or looking bored or smoking a cigarette and then when i believe yeah drinking one cherry coke zero which i could not find at my corner store because i was going to be (laughs) drinking one uh and then um uh i believe when it ended i just posted a photo of diane keaton shooting a basketball (laughs) because this show fucking stacked yeah i watched i think four episodes of this when it came out and mostly remember, yeah, like every week Ian would post a screenshot from it, probably. Uh, and it was very much a vibe show. I definitely remember when it came out, it basically felt like a meme. Um, partially because it's really fun to say the young Pope. The word Pope is funny on its own. They say Pope a lot on this show. And just like it kind of is like, you know, young Sheldon or whatever. Any other thing. It's like the young whatever. Like it seemed and it was absurd when you watched the show. Like. Here's the thing. I liked this pilot, but I remember at the time, like, I think eventually I just, like, no longer was vibing with what they were doing and had no ability to follow the plot and stuff. And I feel like if you presented me with the concept of this show and it was done in a more straightforward or, like, uh, like a succession-style prestige drama thing, I would probably be able to get into it a little more than just, like, here's Sorrentino giving you what will be the most memorable image of the week for you. <laughs> but then walking away and just being like, okay, well, that was a thing that happened, which is how I felt every week watching that show is okay. You know, Travis, what's funny is, um, you almost got that first program you were describing. Or is that the show where, where, where Kyle Chandler was going to be a Cardinal and then it uh, didn't make it to air? Yes, that's the exact show that I was <laughs> okay. about to say, which I really hoped you were unaware that there was nope, a television I know that. show. I remember seeing screenshots. I believe was Kyle a Chandler with a big red hat, and but it didn't. Uh, didn't do get you know? Up. Do you know who else was in it? No, uh, Matthew Good. Uh, you know the actor, great actor, 
good name, good man, handsome face. Uh, Rebecca Ferguson pre like you know Mission Impossible and Dune. Okay. Bruno Ganz, the esteemed German actor from like Wings of Desire and the American Friend, was the Pope, and it was directed it up? by Ridley Scott. Hmm. <laughs> Fucking Showtime. That was a Showtime Astro. Um. Did Catholics not like it? Execs, Controversy? Yeah. Oh, was it like execs didn't like it? Test audiences didn't like it? Yeah. So it was Kyle Chandler and Anna Friel uh, from Pushing Daisies and uh, other stuff, of course. Uh, but uh, it was um, a yeah a provocative thriller. Uh, they said uh, there was a supernatural element, but it just didn't all come together. I guess. <laughs> so that's a shame. I would love to see a supernatural Kyle Pope show. <laughs> Yeah. Kyle Chandler Supernatural Pope show. Uh but instead you just we want got the this. Pope's Exorcist made into a TV series, I believe. I don't ever want to see that movie, but I want every photo of <laughs> Russell Crowe during the filming of it get just delivered to the me. The photo that every the morning. first five times I saw I thought was Orson Welles and like some weird many old have. photo of Orson Welles. Many many have pointed out that Russell's in his his Wellesian phase, and I uh, I think that's great. Stephen, what's your relationship with the young Pope I or watched, the new Pope? You could have a relationship. I with watched. Um, wow, that's cool. Very uh, progressive. Um, I uh, watched the pilot of the Young Pope, um, and I might have even watched the second episode. I, I kind of liked it, but it was just like, like I think some of the writing's very clever. I think some of the moments are pretty cool, but it was either like too self serious for me or something. I'm not really sure. I'm not really. But it's sh- so unserious. I know. I know it's unserious. It's, I, it's a weird vibe. Yeah. yeah. This is my camp. Is what it I, is I have described yeah, it yeah. as. Is absolutely camp. It's very camp. But specifically, Ian Benson's camp. Yeah, I go um, to Camp Ian Benson. We just watch. Uh, welcome to we Camp Ian Benson. Movies. How do you feel about? Uh, we don't go outside. How do you feel about like really amped up Italian like? Take Fellini and remove all of the subtlety. And you'll be like, Fellini wasn't a subtle man. And I'll go, uh-huh. You're following. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. I, I, I don't actually have any complaints about this show. And in fact, I enjoyed it watching this much. There's just something about it where I don't get comfy in it, which I, I think is something that you enjoy. Um but like both of us yeah like when i watch a movie like for instance I, I you know i have two i have two weeks worth of memory so i can only reference about five movies which is more than i normally can um uh but one of the movies i've seen in the last two weeks is priscilla and that movie was uncomfortable and i thought it was well made and i liked it but if there was a priscilla episode two i wouldn't watch it you know what i mean like it's like I was mm-hmm. like, ah, oh, I like... You don't want to linger in these spaces. I like what it did, and I respect what it was trying to do. I'm not 100% sure what it was trying to do at all times, but, like, you know, it's well made. But I don't know if I want to watch more of it. And uh, I'm I'm very much happy with the amount that was given. Um, but, um, so, Paolo Sorrentino is a very prominent Italian filmmaker. Uh, he made his sort of name with a uh, biographical film, Il Divo, about um, a, uh, a, uh, one of the prime ministers of Italy. And then I first became aware of him in the 2013 film, The Great Beauty, which I was made aware of from a... Um, there's a film critic, and I probably mentioned this actually on the podcast before, um, uh, David Ehrlich, 
who every year does a montage of his 25 favorite films. And it's this really well-crafted montage where scenes are cut together from the films to songs that are always from different movies that all were released in that year, like whatever reason those would be there. And um, it's the way I've discovered many films that I adore. I highly recommend anyone seek out. They're probably about a decade worth of them now. Uh, the most recent one just, just came from out. Just seeing the uh, visual of it, you're like, oh. And well, that was the thing yeah. is there are ones where I'll be like, nowadays, no, like knowing more about what I know about David Ehrlich, I'm like, oh, if he liked this, I might like this one, but his tastes don't always run adjacent to mine, so I like make a note of what the movies are. But this was one where it was like the first time I saw one of those videos, basically, and I'm seeing the imagery of the the great beauty, and I'm like, what is this movie? Like, I'd already like you know liked Fellini stuff at this point. Um, I you know I think I'd seen La Dolce Vita with Travis maybe or something no, like that. The only Fellini I ever saw was like I made it through like halfway through eight and a half for my then, film class. Well, I because I wasn't in that class, but I would sometimes watch them with you. So maybe that yeah, was what it was. No, that one I think I watched um, in my in my IS Carol. Um, okay, then I'm yeah. Sure. <laughs> it's always hard for me to remember which ones I did like. Be like, yeah, I'll watch this. I'm not doing anything. Yeah, but um, but yeah. So I saw like these are really arresting visuals. And then I was like, I have to watch this movie, and I shot it out, and I really greatly enjoyed it. I, you know, I believe it was the first Criterion I bought. So Sorrentino is this figure that um, looms in weird little ways. Like I haven't, uh, I've liked his movies since then, but I haven't. Like there's two of them that I that have come out basically, and I haven't sought them out. Um, you know, I, I haven't watched his four-hour documentary, or not documentary, his four-hour biopic of um, of uh, uh, Berlusconi. Uh, even though that's probably the perfect figure for him <laughs> to talk about. But uh, part of the reason was, you know, I was like, the young Pope gets announced, and I was like, oh, I liked that guy's movie, and this was one of the first, at least ones that appealed to me of that period in time that I, th- we, I guess we're still kind of in, but it feels like it's not as much of like, we're doing a limited series, here is an auteur, here is a mm-hmm. big name. We are like bringing these people together. This is when that's starting up really to be a thing. Yeah. The the miniseries being a big deal on TV when it used to just be like a kind of forgotten medium. Yes. And it's, 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 yeah, it's it's the, the spinning up of those. And then like in also that grand tradition, this much like other ones of that nature, like a big little lies are Mm -hmm. ones where it's like one season and then it did well enough that they're like, we lied. This is still a television show. (laughs) We're coming back for that. This is based on, it's just a whole new thing. Yeah. We're coming back for a second season. Uh, And the thing I appreciate about this one is that it had a more interesting idea than what if we just put everyone back in the same like story, you know, like, yeah, let's, let's fucking change the the status quo. Yeah. Uh, and also, like, knowing that the end of The Young Pope had Pius having a heart attack and seemingly dying, I was like, what? How are they bringing that back? And then they're like, so he's going to be a ghost presence, and John Malkovich, one of your favorite actors, Ian, is going to be playing the new Pope. And I was like, wow, you made the thing even more for me. And Stephen, do you have a John Malkovich impression? Do we all have John Malkovich impressions? I don't know that I do, to be honest. Um I need to look up that line from Burn, Burn After Reading and I can do it. Uh, <laughs> the thing is, is you have to like enunciate in a specific style. No one talks like him, yeah. When you do it, it's like, yeah, it's, I, I, I need a line to say, but I think it's mostly 
It's doable. I am the world's greatest puppeteer. It's very... I am the world's greatest puppeteer. It's very distinct, which means even if you do it poorly, people kind of know what you're doing. But sometimes it can kind of go into that Simpsons character. Which one's that? I <laughs> love <laughs> that Malkovich is like... Exactly. Uh, yeah, you're doing... Um, Fuck, what character is he doing? That you is know definitely the one I'm talking about. He's a side character that, doing. that's kind of always there. He's always kind of more like this. If you just relax a little bit, it becomes exactly like him. But you enunciate a bit more, and it's John Malkovich. That's actually what okay. you're doing is uh, is uh, uh, Bradley Cooper's Leonard Bernstein. Weirdly. Oh, really? <laughs> I what found the that quote that I'm looking for from Burn After Reading when he is... Uh, this is from the end of that movie when he's about to uh, like kill Richard Jenkins with a hatchet or whatever. He goes, yeah, you're the guy at the gym when I asked about that moronic woman. He goes, she's not a moron. You're in league with that moronic woman. You are part of a league of morons. You're one of the he's- morons I've been fighting my whole life. He's so good. <laughs> and the fact that he was game for being John Malkovich is one of the greatest things in in the history of film. Just him being like, yeah, okay, why not? Um, but before we get to the uh, the new pope, we have to get through the young pope. Uh, and uh, as, as you guys said, you had watched it previously. What's your feelings on Jude Law? I think um, he's a good actor. I don't know if I've seen that much Jude Law stuff. Um, I don't like him in AI, but I think that's that... I don't like that character. Ooh, hot take. Um, <laughs> I, I, also, I don't like that movie. Uh, uh, I think that movie is... Wonderful. He was in another HBO miniseries that like nobody watched that I saw called The Third Day, which is I just like... Wanna, what's can that? I just tap in real quick? I do, it is great to be like, I think that film is wonderful. I say about a Stanley Kubrick unrealized project while wearing a Stanley Kubrick t-shirt. Yeah. Uh, put me down. He was in this show called The Third Day that was like HBO basically doing like a Wicker Man miniseries um, a couple I of years ago. No one no saw no memory it. of... What the uh, hell? It was okay. What was this called? The Third Day. The third day. It was like a three-part thing set on like a Scottish Isle or you, British you know, Isle you know, of some honestly, kind with a cult. You'd hope it's a three-parter if you yeah. do that. Yeah. Uh, and like Emily Watson is there and uh, I forget who else. Naomi Harris and Kathleen Watterson. Yeah. And uh, he was decent in that. But I don't know. I haven't seen... The one, one thing I was thinking of a lot while watching this is... Remember, like, the huge scandal when he cheated on Sienna Miller? I don't know, like, that piece of celebrity with the gossip. Nanny. Yeah, with the nanny. Yes. It was just, like, a massive deal when I was 14, and I didn't that, even know who I Sienna mean, Miller was at that time. We still... God, he has seven children. Is he... And then I have seen that one... Is Philip Rivers? And then I've seen that one screenshot from Talented Mr. Ripley so many times. So the whole intro sequence of the new Pope, that's just him in the tidy whitey's walking along the beach i was like okay i see we're doing was, a call back to like how this guy got famous as being a hot guy in in very little clothing on the beach uh yeah i mean talented mr ripley he's fantastic and uh that's a really like great movie uh it's been in the zeitgeist a little bit because saltburn salt is um a movie that i enjoyed i always have to put the qualifier of i both enjoyed it and was wine drunk after an italian meal after the ohio state michigan game Uh where it had jello shots so like grain of salt but the movie the movie that many are calling the untalented mr ripley yes that's the thing about it is it is stupid version of talented mr ripley uh that has no respect for what the audience might experience or understand but um no, he he. The uh, Jude Law really like kind of ha- he has that year 
that's like 2006 maybe or 2004 where he's in like seven films mm-hmm. and America's like okay we get it you're handsome like stop it stop it and then he you know had to he was still around but he wasn't like as necessarily prominent but I think at that point he became a more interesting actor uh, once he you know aged a bit and I like uh, how I really uh, I like how in this he's playing an American and then Malkovich, who is American, is playing a British guy, but you can kind of barely tell because Malkovich talks in that upper class, overeducated, you know, Kelsey Grammer kind of way <laughs> that I always think of as the Fraser dialogue. Uh, he is. That he's not really doing much accent work, but you're like, yeah, he could be British, sure. Because he's such a, a theater, like, a, he's like a Shakespearean type guy. Yeah, it's so weird that Malkovich is like just from like. Illinois. Not yeah, even he's like from, Chicago. He's, a Chicago, he's a Chicago guy, I thought. He's from is he from downstate or something? Yeah, I believe he's from downstate and then like gets his start in like Chicago theater. But yeah, like he's he is, a, he's, a he ste- is, he's like the Steppenwolf guy or whatever. Like I think he co Yeah, he's he's among those, you know. I mean it's hard you, listen, the, you you can't be the there there's there's many Steppenwolf guys. He's from but he is Christopher, Illinois, which is way downstate, yeah. Imagining like look at this classic small american town main drag and be like john <laughs> malkovich is from here is insane and you're like no that's not that's not true john malkovich 2, is from like 2600 people live in that the city. malkovich it's he's of the connecticut malkovich's he's a bastion yeah. of his grandfather so you know signed uh the declaration and you're like none of that makes sense time-wise or name-wise and i'm like shush 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 but and it's like no imagine uh, a big night out to get culture for john malkovich was they drove up for a cubs game or something what a what a what a guy uh, but um, again, we have to. The young pope starts with uh, Lenny Bellardo. That's the pope's Perfect name. Perfect name, pope. yeah. Pope that's named Lenny. <laughs> this is like one of those things where I'm pretty sure if this guy was real, uh, I would be one of those people who only calls him Lenny. Le- of course, you call him Lenny. Uh, what? What? It does. Is Francis Francis's real name? No, none of them. They all take names of some kind because Francis is Argentinian. Um, so it's probably it's Jorge, Jorge, yeah, Jorge yeah. Mario um, Bergoglio. Wow, I, I almost sorry. I started just reading the Wikipedia page for the Pope there for a second. It got completely silent. I was like, oh yeah, wow, he's the first from the Americans, the first from the Southern Hemisphere. Yeah, look at that. Um, how many popes do we like know the real name of? I know that Benedict is named uh, Joseph Ratzinger because I always yeah, almost call him John Ratzenberger, and that yes. would be very different. Uh, also, if he, he was like the Nazi pope. one. Right? He was in the Hitler Youth the or something. Yeah, yeah. And it's one of those things where it's like, well, every little boy in Germany at that time was. So I don't know if that's really his vibe, but uh, you know, it's not like I fucking know anything about the fucking papacy. Yeah, everything. Stephen, I know do you about- have a Catholic background? You're of of that stock, but you don't. You didn't go to Catholic school like Matt did. Hey, the thing I know about the Pope is that um, if you kidnap him to try to win a war and then your mercenaries are the ones to actually do it and you use that to win the war, you don't actually get to dismantle the papacy because of the fact that people in a tiny country in Eastern Europe actually have the Pope captive and not you. So it's tough. Uh, This, of course, is referencing the... uh the Crusader Kings game that Stephen and I and friends played during uh, the tail end of lockdown, where Stephen's uh, army, after founding a new religion that he called Cool Christianity, 
nice where the tenants were nice Christianity. Sorry, the tenants were the exact opposite of everything that Christianity, believed. which is what this Just whole flipped them. Which is this exact, you know, this is this is what the the beginning of this series does he goes yeah. out there steven and actually says, gave that homily of like I did. Yeah, we have forgotten to masturbate we've forgotten to yeah we've forgotten to have joy we've forgotten to we've forgotten to fuck for reasons other than procreation we've forgotten to you know we've forgotten forgot celebrate, celebrate gay marriage <laughs> we've forgotten abortion we've forgotten abortion we forgot the uh, fa- catholics are famous for forgetting about abortion they're famous for it <laughs> I love the opening so much because it takes like what feels like thirty minutes to get to yeah. the dude. This is the dream sequence. It's just dude. him walking to the fucking <laughs> square. This this show this show, I mean Which is that, half the show. I don't love dream sequences generally. I, I think there's other ways to do what they do, but you know they're fine. Um, they're this, a tool for cowards. I do agree. Yeah, I don't love them. They're. Uh, they this this one this one establishes a lot about this show, which is mostly that um, you're going to see a lot of small objects in giant rooms. Um, that's that's the oh, imagery yeah. that he loves to share for this. <laughs> uh, it the establishes TV. it establishes some some push and pull, and honestly, like I I much prefer what happens after he gets up and is like, I need a fucking Cherry Coke Zero. The biggest diva move of all time. <laughs> Ever. Ordering also, a very specific Coke. The dream is also way less dreamlike than most of the actual show is. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, again, this is a show that I think the final episode I watched of it was the one where the Prime Minister of Greenland comes to the Vatican and it ends with a woman dancing while facts about Greenland just play on screen over the credits. <laughs> <laughs> does he does he mm. does bellissimo he, <laughs> cinema paradisio or when there's a kangaroo in the vatican garden or whatever like that was a gift from australia does he crawl out Stephen, your question does he crawl out of a, a mound of babies is that real or is that's that true he does that that, that, a, that that part we should yeah you're right we should I guess mention that, that the opening maybe this is a dream <laughs> forgot about that well, you're like, well, this is a metaphor, and then the rest happens, and you forget because he chose. He spends so so. Yeah, he crawls out of a mountain of babies. It's uh, it's normal. We've all done that in a way. Oh, if babies. you think about it, if you think about it, uh, if you that's think what about I, it, that's what, what I call. That's that? what I call my mother. But yeah, Sorrentino takes so long on the rest of it that you like almost forget that there was like the crawling out of the babies thing, and you're like, right, yeah, this is just. The Pope. And Where he's you're like, well, young. that was a metaphor, but now we're in the real thing. Exactly. Or whatever is sort of the vibe, how I was feeling. And then I was like, and wait, then, isn't he a reactionary? This is definitely not the <laughs> the real homily. Yeah, he, he, his mentor later gives some speech where he's like, you idiots, you tried to, uh, you thought you could control a younger person. Don't you know the youngers are always, uh, younger people are always a reaction against their elders? And, uh, um, yeah, yeah he, I'm not he gives sure. A, I'm not a, sure a, Voyello's uh, plan was all that well thought out. Like, especially because he, like, does, seems like he doesn't know the guy. He's like, we'll be able to, con- we'll be able to control him. Uh, or however <laughs> boy, hello talks. There's a line <laughs> in the one of the later episodes. Uh, it's my favorite little stupid Voyello, And it's really perfect Malkovich. Because it's when they're, intro- they're basically asking him to be the Pope. And Malkovich just looks at him after, and it's their first meeting. And he just goes, do you weep your eminence, your, your, your eminence, your yeah, eminence or whatever it is. They love to and, say your eminence. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Voyello 
is just like, yes, more than one would expect for Hollywood romances and friends in pain. And then Malkovich is just like, I weep for the inexhaustible imperfection of the world. And there's like a beat, basically, of like, oh God, this guy's so extra. <laughs> and he's like, like Malkovich. okay. Yeah. yeah Malkovich is wearing a like a purple. <laughs> he's just wearing a purple suit and he's just laid out on like a fainting couch as he says this. And and just the beat from the, the this I mean, um I believe it's Silvio Orlando is the actor's name. Yeah. Uh, he name. is he is wonderful in this show. Uh, another, we only get to see him briefly in the second season. He has an assistant who looks like a really like it, if Martin Scorsese was Italian, not Italian American. Like he has <laughs> this guy as an assistant. He wears these big glasses. Uh, it's uh, uh, it's. Uh, it's I do love the tri- running gag about how Voyello or Voyello is gets really horny from the uh, the twenty five thousand year old uh, so Venus funny. statues. Venus of Willendorf. Yeah, stop looking at <laughs> Venus of Willendorf. That's a very that good way. gag. Really, the lighthouse uh, coded, but <laughs> listen, it's a vows of celibacy are hard. Fertility. It's a fertility goddess, I, I, I or symbol thing. Uh, I I won a learned league match, I believe, because of the young Pope reminding me that it was the Venus <laughs> of Willendorf. Yeah, uh, shouts out. Um, but out uh, yes, so the Pope has woken up from this dream and is demanding one. Would it, cherry Coke Zero? Is that what so it is? It, mm-hmm. yeah. It's all he, he has for breakfast. He goes rarely on the speech. eats. The breakfast of champions. Deranged way to start your day. I, I this hate man's it. diet is cigarettes and a cherry Coke Zero. I hate it so yeah, much. Yeah, you should go fucking make station to station if that's gonna be. This is no. This is every. This is this is a woman on Instagram. I'm putting air quotes <laughs> around it, but like this is like the meme, like. My girl complaining about how she has a headache, even though all she's had today are cigarettes and one single cherry Coke Zero before kneeling and praying for a paralyzed man to walk again. Then an Italian woman touches his face a lot, and he hates that. Um, <laughs> and he, he friendships are transactional. Yeah, or whatever he, he goes says. on a big speech about how how official relationships are safe and friendships are scary. This man has experienced trauma, social trauma. Um, uh, just doesn't. Do you, do you know what the, as as you all know, the Pius Thirteenth origin story, right? Is what he's his mom and he dad was died, a, an and orphan to a nurse's. No, his parents just abandoned him. They were like, the vibes on this kid are wild. <laughs> we're just leaving what him. If he the had kid two just hippie, had bad vibes. Yeah, yeah he had I mean, two hippie parents who just abandoned him. Uh, bummer. And uh, that's why he can't know love because uh, an orphan has no way of loving. Uh, they lack the first love, the love of his mother and father. Uh, that's a thing he what about says the, in the speech. What about the love of uh, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and also the he finds Father him. and the Holy Spirit? Except maybe he doesn't. I do have to say it is, I, I would say it's weird to uh, like pinch the cheeks and kiss the face of the Pope that you're weird. cooking food for. Weird. <laughs> but it is a little unprofesh, I gotta say. Have you considered that the Pope is Jude Law? I mean... She's not doing it because it's like he's the hot pope. I want to kiss his face. It's like her son or whatever. Like my baby. That's, that's the other thing. It yeah, really is. Cooking the spaghetti. Like that's her vibe. You know, it's <laughs> this show is almost. The show is, I would say, broadly anti-religious, and also almost anti-Italian. <laughs> Maybe, <laughs> despite being 
deeply Italian. No, Italians are just so extra that you see them just be living their normal lives, and you're so like, oh, this is extra. a cruel parody of them. And it's like, no, that's just like that. It's, it this was, was like the most watched Travis, show in Italy, too. Travis or something. has never like, been more premiere. right. You look at Italians, be an Italian, and you're like, like literally, I, I have like one Italian friend in Ireland, and he brought his Italian girlfriend up for a weekend, and they were arguing in a bar, and I was like, I cannot believe that this, this is actually just you two, and you know they're they're sitting there with their hands like this, and he's just like, and they're arguing over like, I don't and know, like when they're arguing over the fact that he refuses to stop racing cars through the streets of Rome. <laughs> My favorite, my favorite fucking part of, like, easily, I, 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 God, I, I really need to rephrase this. I need to learn to rephrase this. One of the few, like, things that I look back at and laugh at of in the first six weeks of COVID was, uh, was this dis- my favorite. Yeah, was this announcement from the uh, Italian government. Uh, like literally it came from like either their fucking president or one of his spokespeople to be like, we really need you all to stop having orgies because we, we aren't sure how this is spreading, (laughs) but we know that orgies are making it worse. And (laughs) it's like telling Italy, I think was one of the first places where it was like really, really spreading. And it's like everyone there is old and, kisses each other's face constantly <laughs> it's just like a really bad combo and apparently they fucking love orgies like I- in ireland i'm gonna tell you leo radger is never gonna need to tell anyone to stop having orgies it's not it's not it's yeah not i imagine most people in ireland are afraid to be in a room nude with another person and <laughs> italy's this orgy orgy town i once told a girl i wanted a date with that like I don't usually have sex with someone for the first time when I'm drunk and it blew she her mind she never she's like I would never have sex with someone for the first time sober it's like oh boy (laughs) (laughs) oh boy (laughs) you're like there's a your nation's a very complex thing that we have to unpack but we don't have time for this yeah yeah and yet but the two sides of Catholicism yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah the, exactly. The two <laughs> of the American Catholic identity. Uh, American Catholic, Catholic identity? What, what is that? Just, well, I mean, I'm just saying, you know, as this show, the thing about the young Pope is that it is, you know, in many ways, deeply American yes. in the sort of the reactions on it. I, yeah, I was just trying to segue it back to it, which is why it's very funny that it's a British man playing an American and doing a very silly voice. I love the voice. It's very silly. Yeah. At one um, point, at one point he, he like it's somewhere it's where's he supposed to be from New York. He is like he the Cardinal the Archbishop of New, York. of New York. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Archbishop of New York. Yeah. It must be because he, he, he hit one of the R's. I don't know if I have the, yeah. At one point he says the word predecessors and like I like wanted to rewind and hear him say like predecessors or something like he was just like yeah. predecessors. He is doing what I affectionately call Ryan Gosling voice. I should have had him do a regional a hyper regional accent. Yeah, it's not a should real New York accent. The Archbishop of Louisiana. God. <laughs> that would have been the really a Catholic lot. could happen. I uh, yeah, it would have been a lot. Uh so the Pope, the 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 the, the, the Pope, uh, he was raised by Sister Mary, who is played by Diane Keaton, an actress I adore, <laughs> a hero, one of the greatest actresses of all time. She's so good. And here she is, a nun that loves basketball. 
what a late career role for her. I do, I do feel like her gap with Jude Law is bigger than the gap between the woman who played Sister Mary and that child. I was like, I was like, did she hyper age and he like micro age? <laughs> it's very. It seemed like she was about twenty when he was about eleven, and then when he was forty-seven, she was sixty-eight. Diane Keaton is seventy-eight. Yeah, yeah. So she was seventy. Yeah, so she was so 70 it's even worse than what I said. <laughs> Yeah. And Jude Law is 51. Yeah. <laughs> like, and so, that girl looked like, I don't know, 10 to 13 years older than that kid. Like, when they had that flashback. It's rough. You know, listen, it, it was the 70s, cigarettes. It's hard as a nun, you know? Uh, but uh, she also raised um, a number of people who go on to become cardinals, it seems, in the show. There is his foster brother whose name I don't remember, uh, but is played by Scott Shepard, who you would recognize probably as, um, uh, I don't remember what his character's name is, but uh, he's Leo's brother in Killers of the Flower Moon. He's also, I'm sick of seeing him oh, recently sure, yeah. because we were watching, we just rewatched True Detective season three, or like Alex hadn't seen it before, but because it's like a new True Detective and we've, she's seen season one and he's in that. He's also in The Last of Us. He's the creepy preacher guy. Yeah. Right. What's your issue she's with Scott Shepard? He's keep like being, a really hyper like, local. I'm just, nothing, nothing wrong with he always <laughs> he's plays a lot of uh, creeps, as I think part yeah, of it. Yeah, unfortunately. He's and also B, in... Um, like, okay, I, I get it. I've seen him. I know you're, an H- you're one of HBO's guys, just like James Cromwell, who sadly we only see in this episode silently uh, as he tries to commit suicide. But I believe that yeah. is enough to make him an all-star because I think he was in the final six feet under. Yeah, he was absolutely... Um, I he honestly, is a man who I have called HBO's Mickey Mouse. Uh, he's James HBO Cromwell. Stan Lee, also. Yeah, <laughs> like he is. He is all over one of those shows, and you watch her. You're watching an HBO show, and you're like, "Where the fuck is he? Where is he? Come on, you know he's going to appear." It's just like how if you set something in Appalachia, Caitlin Deaver is going to show up yeah. at some point. You're like, oh, "Where the yeah. fuck is she?" Cromwell's Cromwell's going to be here with his, his you know incredible height and the world's longest face and he's either going to be the kindest man in the world or he's going to absolutely berate everyone in this room is cromwell in season one a bunch or is he just kind of yes yeah he's 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 just throughout he's barely yeah he's throughout a number of them uh because of the sort of he's there's not really an overarching plot for the television program the young pope the new Pope has a bit more a little of a focus. The young Pope mostly is just like, we're charting the progression of this character yeah. as he becomes more uh, empath- you know, em- em- empathetic to the world uh, and he uh, understands more and uses what seems to be a true genuine connection to God because he will pray for things and then they will occur to better the world uh, after experiencing it and coming up. Coming out, but you will see Cromwell appearing because there's some grand mystery regarding who Lenny Bellardo, his past, and all of these things. Uh, and it comes to a head in an episode that I find to be very beautiful, where he sends um, one of the cardinals, uh, the um, uh, Cardinal Gutierrez, who's played by Javier Camara, who uh, is in uh, like uh, El Motivar movies, uh, great actor. Uh, but he um, he sends him to investigate. And um, Gutierrez's character was abused by a cardinal uh, or a priest as a child. 
and um, he uh, uncovers the abuse of another one and then finds the blackmail that this person's holding over the Pope, which are a series of love letters that the Pope wrote to somebody. And he's like, you see, it shows that the Pope, um, uh, you know, doesn't it doesn't stand by his vows and all of these things. And uh, he, like, gives them to a journalist friend of his. And the friend is like, did you read the letters? And the guy's like, I mean, I read enough to understand. And the guy's like, dude, these are all, like, things that are never sent. This was a series of letters he wrote to someone he doesn't even remember anymore. He, this was a fantasy that he enacted out. So he like writes, so these get published in the New Yorker as a series of the Pope's love letters. And that's the <laughs> first time the flume song plays is when he reads one of the letters <laughs> as a montage occurs. And I'm like, what the hell is this show? I love it. But, um, but yes, Cromwell is, uh, is a, a presence in that as his mentor. As much as I, as much as I, I, I know that you know this show, I feel like if we talk about the whole show, we will never finish recording this podcast. Um, I know. I, I was why I was like, I got to stop this one. I got to stop this. Three. I got to watch the game. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I mean, you know, what all we got in the first episode? We've covered so, actually a decent chunk of it. And it's such a plot. It like it's not that plot heavy. It's more just like what? What are your favorite vibes and scenes from this? I mean, my favorite scene in probably either episode was the scene where he talks to Voyello the first time, because it's very. I mean, I do. I mean, obviously, I liked Game of Thrones, so uh, I do like a scene where someone comes in confident, and it just you get to watch them lose their confidence, like, <laughs> like just systematically and with every step of the way. Like, it's like every single line that this person says is like, "Oh no, actually, I am in power here." Um, it's very fun to. S- I just have fun with that. One of the great things in that scene too is it almost feels like the sort of thing that occurs. 17 episodes into a television program yeah where we have been established with the one schemer yeah and then we see the plot has blown up and then he realizes that the person he thought he was using has been using him yeah and now holds all the cards yeah, yeah. but instead it's like the 35 minute mark of the first episode and it's even a flip of like a scene that had like just happened which is when Voyela is talking to that one guy who keeps laughing too hard at all his jokes or whatever and he's like you got you don't have to be be that obvious you have to the, laugh the you have to laugh the exact of, right amount i'm gonna be fucking yeah. goldilocks about your laughter it's also <laughs> funny that this is like a much less has much less violent stakes but like i just rewatched goodfellas the other day and weirdly a lot of this dynamic is present in like how people have to talk to tommy devito or whatever or how often he'll just be like often people in that show will or in that movie will say like or threaten something like horrific and then be like ah i'm just breaking your balls or whatever is the amount of times that like pious will say something completely outrageous and then just be like i'm just kidding completely stone-faced no (laughs) signaling that he's joking he like the best is when he says the thing and then he's like there is no truth in jokes they're just jokes which is i love which is the other best line of this is like he's wrong about and it. hilarious, <laughs> and I'm going to start saying this now to people. So you do need to say that more comedians do need to be told that, um, so that they don't think that they're like the philosophers of truth or whatever. But that is also true. It is wrong. But actually, the, you're right. The world would be better if people did just tell jokes to be funny instead of like sure. I'm critiquing society through my jokes. Uh, but the part where they're like, while we're waiting for the tree cook zero like would you like a regular diet coke? And he's like, let us not start with heresies or or whatever. <laughs> I would like it's a like coffee. It's a, it's a heresy to settle oh, for less you. than perfection. Oh yeah, it makes him make a cup of coffee. Yes. Calls out his weird looking at the thing. He does. My favorite one of them easily was the one where he was like, "So here's how I think I want a 
the things to beat up. You'll handle the politics and the, <laughs> right. the policy making, and you'll handle meeting with the important people, and you'll handle this, and I'll just be public facing, and I'll do this and this. And he's like, "Wow." He what a offers. T- he he asks him basically <laughs> what <laughs> he's like. You be Dick Cheney, and I'll be George W. Bush. Yeah, yeah. basically. Basically, and he's like, wow, what a wise decision you made. And he's like, I was joking. <laughs> and yeah. uh, and it, like, it's such a it's such a great way to be like, couldn't you tell? I know that's no. what I know. That's what you wanted. Like a great way to hit for him to with like, while maintaining, you know, while, you know, they ha- these conversations, they all have to like maintain decorum. Or whatever, so he mm-hmm. can't be like, "I know this is what you wanted," but he can do that. Oh, I, I mean, I guess that's kind of succession as well to some degree. Although succession uh, did a great yeah. job breaking those those walls down a bit more than these kind of dramas do. Yeah, I mean, succession is interested in uh, the reality of the world that these characters live in, while this program is mostly only interested in the characters themselves and the style of them. Uh, and like there is substance to the characters, but their impact is often mutable to uh, to the purpose of their characterization. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know. Uh, and speaking but, um, of style, this was this show has the most fits ever on television, which I think is the reason you always posted screenshots from it. I love it, particularly the hat that I really want to see the Pope do that one Mortal Kombat uh, finisher with. Oh, the um, the the Raiden finisher where you throw the yeah. hat and it spins it around. No, no, that's not Raiden. That's not, or maybe it is. It's I don't think it's Raiden. Oh no, you're it's, thinking of I don't know. random task. Um, no. <laughs> yeah, you guys, I made it so far into Yentl before I realized that Faja, can you hear me? From Goldmember was a, was joke a reference about Yentl. to. Yeah, I never knew what it was yeah. a reference to, but I always knew it was a reference to something because of the way Mike like, Myers did it. Thank you for filling that. <laughs> you're, yeah, and you're like, well. uh, that's when he's doing his reference voice. Asha, <laughs> can you hear me? You're like, oh yeah, he's. This is about something. Uh, that was that was that was a confession I needed to get off my chest. Uh, you know who doesn't have to get a confession off his chest is Pope Pius the Thirteenth. I, I, well, I want to talk about the confess. fits real quick because the the white the fact that you're like he's the Pope, so he's going to dress as the Pope, and I was like, most of the time he wears an all white tracksuit. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> like. He's always in white, though, pretty much, when he's in Pope mode. Yeah. yeah. He could have actually been the Balenciaga Pope. He That's the thing. <laughs> I was, I think, what I said in the chat when people showed the, the AI image of the Pope in the coat, and I'm just like, this is just the young Pope. I can show you Jude Law doing this. <laughs> yeah, we have precedent for Popes doing that. It happened. It was in on TV. TV. It was real. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A real thing occurred. I saw that Pope die and then come back to life. We all did. We were there that day in Vatican Square where he hugged every single person and then started crowd surfing. And then died. Uh, and then died. Just Again? Like the beginning of, just like at the beginning of the movie Triple X. Uh, you know, I, I know Christ. I know they wanted to be non-ambiguous. I, I guess it makes sense they want to be non-ambiguous because I had assumed that he pretended to die and just wanted to be out of the public view. Like, that was my assumption. Um, and then when they made that clear, I was like, all right, like, yeah, I, I would like to be very clear to anyone who is not watching the way they make this clear is they lay the dead Pope's body in front of La Pieta and he is in the exact same pose as Jesus in La Pieta. It is one of the least subtle images I have ever seen. And that is why it's beautiful. And then, and then later they just show him like on the beach, like chilling. There's the, yeah, yeah. In heaven. 
uh, I guess. No. And heaven is a beach. Is that well, what I you think? I thought it was his ascension to heaven. That was the That's vibe. That's what you guys well. think? Yeah. The Wait, which one are we talking? Well, yeah, wait, at the, the end? end of the new pope? Doesn't he just pretend to die so that he can... No, no he, he dies. Why? Do you, how do you know that? Because he that's died. been a reoccurring that's image the throughout the show. Are, yeah. Also, is the use of that. Also, the so color palette know. is way different. And yes, I do. The okay, I don't know, but my interpretation. But the it's color defin- palette is canonized is, that he is is very saturated in a way to distinguish the reality from the more or to distinguish the reality from that. See, I just thought Jude uh, Law. That is, that I just is thought a dead Jude man. Law was tired of being the Pope, and he just did, he just decided to be totally extra no, and like La Pieta that shit, uh, yeah. and then just you know make himself a legend, and then just go sneak away to a beach somewhere. No, he died. No, because people would see him again. and be like, "Is that the Pope? <laughs> is that that hot Pope? I was thinking, <laughs> is that that hot Pope <laughs> who died and came back from death I guess, and then would died you again? Recognize, would you recognize the Pope if he was?" Uh, no, this is the thing. Francis? <laughs> this is always the thing. No. I wouldn't say that's the Pope. I don't think so. I would say <laughs> that guy that looks, guy like looks a lot like the Pope. Yes. Yeah. Wow. You'd have yeah. your own, you believe how much. That's the first, that, first prize in the Truman Capote it, lookalike contest. That guy does look a lot, yeah. like, a lot like Pope Francis. That is what I would say. You're right. I'd be like, oh, that guy looks like Pope Francis. Yeah, this is what I always say about why Superman's secret identity works. It's like Because no one thinks he has a secret identity. They're not like, wow, Clark Kent, you must be Superman. They're like, that's insane. But my friend Clark Kent kind of looks like Superman. Yeah. The guy we all know, Superman, who probably lives yeah. in an apartment somewhere in a super, in a super he, apartment. Probably, yeah, that's it's the, fine. He's always Superman. This is what he is. He's, he's just a lo- normal he's just, person. He's just local lore or whatever. It's like yeah. the fucking living statue guy in Chicago. I don't know. But uh, no, he, 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 he died is how I read it. Um, I mean, I'm uh, sure you. I will right. go with the Wikipedia synopsis, which says he like died. This. So I think that the Wikipedia editors would have had an argument with each other if it was ambiguous. But first, we sort of finish the the young. I, how much more do we have to say about like the young Pope episode? Uh, I was going to say the only really important thing I think that occurs in the young Pope is you have. Uh, um, I like the scene where he goes to visit. Uh, uh, what is it? The Basilica, and. Um, he, yeah, that scene uh, was nice. He's, he's decided that he's going to hide his face, and he uh, opens the doors, and then there's a bunch of tourists, and he closes them really quickly after some kid just goes, Papa! Yeah. Uh, and points at him or whatever. Uh, but he then asks them to close it down, and that's where he has his first interaction with Gutierrez, who will become an important figure. But just like, it was, was it hard for you to close the, the, the basilica down? And he just goes, no, we just, just put a little sign and said closed. This mm-hmm. scene, this scene was so, so relief. It was such a relief to see, like, I know this is going to be like such a anyway. It was just such a relief to have to have a break from the politicking, to just have two people just chatting on on a level. Like you need to have some of those scenes and shows like this. You just can't have it all be fucking That is absolutely correct and I think it's a thing sometimes people forget is that in all things that I love that are like mostly vibes based as a person who loves a vibes based thing you do need to break from the vibe to allow you to catch your breath yeah you definitely do i I needed a break i needed a break and i needed to see him just like kind of being nice to someone and like two people who are on a level with each other like and then and then you can end this you can end it with the one where he's getting the information from the confessions guy like you yeah. know, mm-hmm. after and also telling break. him he doesn't believe in God. <laughs> yeah, and then being like J.K. J.K. I'm kidding. Jokes, jokes aren't real. They're jokes. <laughs> um, 
And yeah, that's that was the first episode of The Young Pope. Um, I need to go plug in my phone. All right. But well. we can talk about whether or not I'd watch more. And the answer is no, even though I liked it. I think it's a show. I mean, I, I, I might watch various clips of it again. I think it is one of those ones that does benefit from being able to tell people. It's a limited series. There's two seasons. It's 17 episodes, I think, or something weird like that. Uh, I had to double check when I was like the new Pope episode nine because I was like, mm-hmm. "What has nine episodes?" But it's one of those shows where I'm just like, not really for me, but glad that uh, there was a time and place where it existed, and and that executives at these big companies were like, "Sure, let's make this." And I, yeah, yuck. that's it's very cool. Good for art to, that that can happen. I want to talk about at, when I come back the, the sort of like the people who believe that Catholicism needs to change in order to not die, and the way that kind of mingled with Pope Francis and continues to mingle with Pope Francis in this show. Mm -hmm. Like two days ago, Pope Francis was like, sexual pleasure is a gift from God, which is a weird thing for the Pope to say two days ago. But like... It is kind of wild. I mean, it's easy to see, you know, uh, to make something like this and be like, all right, I can estimate, I, you know, the, the arc of history seems to bend towards this one direction. The idea that the Catholic Church would move towards a more progressive stance isn't necessarily outrageous to do but it is just funny to see this show articulating certain ideas and then seeing what pope francis is saying in real life and seeing the reactions that are occurring from that yeah those moments where it's like some people online losing their minds but by and large the majority of people i've interacted with about that are like yeah okay uh, the well, and all the people that are most reactionary about it online are people that just converted to Catholicism two years ago. Yeah, uh, but yeah, they're all they're the all doc- they're movement. all Dasha saying that the Pope is a heretic who doesn't hold up <laughs> to any of that, and it's just like, w- are you still famous? Yeah, sorry, I didn't. <laughs> Were you ever famous? No. Okay. She cool. Was on, she was on Succession. Yeah. And they wrote her we character off. It. And they wrote her character off because of who she is. That is truly what happened. So Pope John Paul III. Uh, this is, of course, the uh, the Pope as played by by John Malkovich. Uh, there was between, of course, Pius XIII and John Paul III, there was Francis II. Um, it's but, really funny uh, that they did Francis II while Francis yeah. is currently the real-life Pope. Does anyone have any questions about the setup on this one? Oh, a lot. Um, yeah, who are <laughs> this those, might be the way to frame this. Who, who I mean, who are those yeah, women? to quote that one cardinal, I'm confused. Who is the Pope? No, <laughs> <It's> <laughs> almost... <laughs> I do. Okay, I def. I definitely understand. I definitely understand that like acting Pope is. Um, no, he's just the Pope. D- okay, yeah. There's no acting. Yeah, sure. <laughs> acting yeah. Pope is such is a the funny for the interim Pope. <laughs> we had a Pope emeritus at the end of his. Like, I know we had a Pope emeritus, but so just weird. imagine that if it's imagine if it's like, well, at the end of the season, we'll figure out if they take the interim tag off the Pope. <laughs> pope and he's kind, of play, he's kind of a player's Pope. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, I understand that he's the Pope and that. And that Jude Law, Eleni, is in a coma. I understand those things. Well, he's woken up now. Um, um, I would like... He had I several like to... failed heart transplants, which I have a lot of questions yes. about. <laughs> that was what I was about to say. Was... I feel like if one fails, you kind of are dead normally. No, no, he's the Pope. Don't worry about it. He was... He, yeah, holy power. I'm so sad. I, there was two things I hoped we'd get to see in this finale episode, because I didn't have it, like 
locked into my brain. And I was hoping we'd get to see the raving nuns who are a reoccurring thing because there is a group of nuns in this show who go on strike uh, because uh, general conditions. There's like this group of them where it's something where it's like they can't leave the area unless they are given like a specific sort of permission or there's there's some weird cloistered nature to these nuns and one of them her mother's dying of cancer and so these nuns are like unionizing and they're going on strike and they're tattooing are like labor are they employees <laughs> is their boss god or is their boss well in this the case their, bo- their boss was vo- their boss was voyello okay um and uh i always uh, treat my boss like he's god yeah, so the nuns they've occupied the chapel. They occupy the Sistine Chapel. They go on strike at one point. That sounds um, cool. And and they're 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 wanting not like reformer uh, and, and you know more you know a more moderate world. And um, but yeah, they like they'll they'll just be like them in front of like a cross that's like LED lights, like a neon cross, like tattooing each other, like Jesus holding up a fist in solidarity and shit like that. <laughs> cool. As, like extremely wave cool. music plays and i was so hoping we'd get to see that and then i don't i think we briefly see him i really cannot remember i watched these a couple days ago uh do we see foyello's doppelganger no, no i don't think so i there mean is maybe a man? we do i don't know if it's his doppelganger. well no 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 because he has a big he he, he has like one distinguishing feature side. yeah like the moles in a different spot or something like that and he is like Voyello's comical. If they'd switched the mold to the other side, I would not have noticed. <laughs> well, they only—I feel like ever <laughs> like interact they must together. Just do that every scene or something. It's a gag. But no, he's like he's like Hernandez Voyello's, uh, like you know, comical foil who's always like he like spoils his attempt to win the Pope election the first time and stuff like that. And it's uh, it's always great when there's a uh, doppelganger comical villain thing like that. And. Uh, I was so hopeful we'd get to see him briefly, but we don't. Anyway, Stephen, you had some questions to help guide us through this. Who are the women? Who are those women? Uh, which those women? The, the ones who are obsessed with are with Pius, who wind up being the ones who hold up the elementary Wind up being school. the terrorists. Mm, okay, those women. Um, so uh, one of them uh, is uh, the, the, the dark-haired woman, if I'm remembering correctly, is... One of the preeminent, um, like, the hottest, idolaters. The hottest woman with the most chapped lips I've ever seen. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> she just needs a little bit of chapstick. And I don't even well, believe she's been Well, uh, she's been in uh, St. Peter's Square. Is that what it is? St. Peter's Square? Yes. Yeah. She's been there for m- nine months. She's been... She, she is a reoccurring person who's, like, one of the most prominent, ardent believers in Pius. And so she's been, like, in the visit... Like... You know, you've seen her as that in the backgrounds of shots, in prominent shots and things like that. The blonde woman, Esther, is the wife, maybe widow, I believe widow now, of a uh, a Vatican, um, well, what are they, what are they, the, like the guards? And that's her baby at the end, or her child yes. that does the shining homage. The, the Swiss scene. guards, it's the Swiss guards. Okay. Um, uh, she is the wife of a member of the Swiss guards, uh, and uh, she desperately wanted a child, but it seemed like they were infertile. And then Pius prays for her, and she winds up miraculously conceiving this child that she names Pius after him. Uh, there's like the little bit of like the tease in the in the first in the young pope in the first season, where it's like, is the pope gonna sleep with this woman? But instead, he like you know 
grants her this ability. Should have named know, him Lenny. And prays. Sorry. <laughs> that would have really honored him. Imagine. F- <laughs> what if someone what fucked the, if someone fucked the Pope? Would that make many her, people like, have? <laughs> so their plan was basically to bring him back, make him show himself by uh, taking these kids hostage? Question mark. I don't think uh, this is kind of what I said earlier on the there are um, the the characters exist in worlds that don't make sense beyond the realm of characterization. So that's one of the things on this where it's like, I don't have any idea what they are attempting to do with this. We're taking these children hostage and trying to start spark a holy war. Yeah. Uh, when like there's been a recurring thing throughout the season of this caliph that has been attacking holy sites or something. And also a lot of priests keep getting reassigned to Afghanistan or something like that. For what uh, I understood. Yeah. There's, uh, you know, this is, this is very much a thing that's, it's operating in a heightened reality. Uh, so as to, um, serve as metaphor, uh, a lot of it. No, um, I think I get uh, Hernandez it. Hernandez is, Hernandez is one of the ones who is assigned to Kabul, by the way, but mm-hmm. that's because it's, Voyello being like, I need to get rid of my nemesis. I'm sending him here. And that's his version of how we didn't mention in the first, in the young Pope, he keeps sending people to Alaska and shit like that. If he, yes, he does. Get keep, rid of people. He is like, you are going to be the archbishop of, of Sitka or, or no, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. I was reading something in the TV tropes page. That's like portrayed as a town that just has like five Inuit in it, even though it really is like a city of 8,000 in real life. But you know. No, but I think I get it. I think I get that they're doing a false flag kidnapping in order to spark a holy war to bring Catholicism to glory over yes. Islam. Yes, it's just That's like what Pius Thirteenth says. I can create a billion fanatical Catholics tomorrow. Yeah, just, and you're like, I'll show damn. up and they'll be immolating themselves on the border of Syria. I if I mean I'm going to be real with you guys. If you're like, hey, listen. The Pope came back from the dead. I'm like, what? That, we all saw that guy die. And he's like, yeah, he's back from the dead, and his prayers hold power. I'd be like, there might be something to this. Hold on a sec, guys. Yeah, let's, it's like right let's now, stop. if you're just like, what if there was a holy war tomorrow? It's like, I don't really think American Catholics would be lining up to do anything, because I've seen I've seen them. I don't think they're about it. But I do think if if the Pope had, had this uh, scenario go, then maybe they would. I don't know, though, because it basically just means like, Hey, this guy had a heart attack. Then he was in a medically induced coma, and then they they got him back. Like that happens all the time. Like, that just does happen. I guess that's fair. It's the it's the miracles parts that's that starts. You know, I'd be like, yo, there's something to this. He prayed for that wicked woman to die, and then she died. But also, you know, thankfully, this there's intervention on this, um, in the in the form of Bauer. Great name for just like vague guy. He's just Bauer. <laughs> It He's is great. Do the there Harlem is... Shake at them or whatever, but and he brings oh, this escort Jesus everywhere Christ. and some five star general. I like when there is a character who is effectively. I mean, he's not a grounded individual. He is a character in a Paolo Sorrentino project. He is not in any way realistic. He 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 vapes from a nude woman vape, uh, as we've already established, uh, and he he has that thing dangling from his mouth during pivotal scenes that prevent a holy war and he is just there like yeah whatever 
And he has um, this general behind him who he is instructed not to speak, but only to nod. And also he's being distracted because his escort girlfriend <laughs> is just like <laughs> teasing just him like in the room teasing. nearby. I was like, yeah, what that, the fuck I is love happening? that scene. Modern relationships. I'm, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> dude, that was such a good... Anytime... Any, this, there are things that all I always like when a show or a movie does. And one of them is when they're like, here's some people in a room determining the fate of the world. And they know that they're determining the fate of the world. But they're also fucking people. So there's just like stupid shit that's getting in the way. Like, yes, this man knows that like the outcome of this discussion may may result in millions and millions of deaths, but he cannot focus on this conversation because there is a hot girl in the other room just like just like flashing her kind of showing her yeah (laughs) like showing a bit of her nipple or like her upper thigh i love that shit every time it's one of yeah it's it's almost strange lovian i was just pulling up literally i'm on the letterbox page for dr strange love to see if you had a review of the movie that was basically this uh this also we we didn't talk about in the intro sequence for the new pope after you have the whole thing that's just the two of them walking through the respective things either through the vatican <laughs> uh, in or just you know through the beach of bikini ladies yeah. uh that it just is it the intro sequence or just the first scene of this episode that just that one dude's eyes just bulging staring uh, at I Paul the do not remember that being in other parts <laughs> who was that so. guy Uh, I have no idea. That might just have been part of the intro for this one, but uh, for me, I was like, Lamau, hell yeah, let's go, baby. We're right back at it. (laughs) With the all love when a weird guy just playing also. Uh, Yeah. Uh, I also am a fragile piece of porcelain. My delicacy, my, 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 my delicate nature is a strength, not a weakness. Thank you for reminding me that Pope John Paul III. I say this probably maybe once every 10 episodes of this podcast. Sometimes you say sit and I'm like, I cannot believe Lynch hasn't clicked with you. Like, <laughs> I like a weird guy staring. Come on, man. Like, what do you mean? I, listen, I like dreams there are except ones for I that like. guy's or whatever. Not no, I, that there guy's are dreams. things in it that I like. I just think it might be is like dialed too far on all of those things. And I just am like, I... I don't know. I don't know what the missing piece is on Lynch. I don't, you know, I've seen He's these so things now. He's so camp. <laughs> the thing is, is I will probably watch Wild at Heart and be like, there's the You'd one. Be into that one. Yeah, Finally. <laughs> and like, I think part of it is, is that like, for as much as I like these ones that are these in thing, there is like a thing. This is the Pope. Like, David Lynch is like, yeah, he's just some weird guy. And I'm like, no, no, no. I don't want just some weird guy in the desert or whatever, like Lost Highway. I need I need something, you know, more. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, don't, I can't explain FBI agent Dale Cooper, perhaps? And that's weirdly the one where I'm like, can you still focus on the investigation? I don't need <laughs> all this other stuff here. I watch that one, and I'm like, man, I wish this was just more... Um, Silence of the Lambs, unless uh, a nineteen fifty a look at like nineteen fifties America and the dark secrets that were held within it, or whatever uh, that Lynch remembers <laughs> and filters through. Yeah, everything is that or the Wizard of Oz. Um, yeah, it's also I, that I don't like the Wizard of Oz. Damn, 
I keep trying though, but yeah, yeah, no, I will watch. I don't think I'll you need watch to keep Wild trying to watch to like the Wizard, the Wizard of Oz, or do you just mean? Oh uh, no, no, I will keep trying on various <laughs> artists that I don't like, and that's the the promise of being Ian Benson. And yeah, I'll watch Wild at Heart and be like, "Fucking finally, here's some juice." Power mad. Anyway, Laura Dern is very good. Um, Willem Dafoe with a pencil mustache, menacingly peeing in a fake toilet. Um, I. That's, I think, a thing I remember Which from that movie. That? Yeah, well. Wild at Heart. Yeah, that's a, it's more my speed. Anyway, what else happens in the, in the new Pope? We get, I mean, I think the sort of the pivotal scene of this episode is when he returns on the palanquin into this conference of cardinals and then gives this whole speech and then like thumping electronic music starts playing yeah. as the camera just like tracks around the room. And then when it comes back, they're all behind him. He he says that they will be his red He's wall like, I need my backdrop. Yeah, my yeah. red. Yeah, as as he as he ushers in a new era because they all doubted him. None of them. Basically, it is one of the greatest you fucking haters moments. They are, <laughs> like, they are becoming this his scene, waiters. This the table was really success. good. Yeah. yeah, and everybody and, then, and everybody really has their tail between their legs, except for right. Paul and then there's just like the zoom out. It's this incredibly long take, and then like as it's zooming out, you get the one guy going, "I'm confused." Who's the Pope now? <laughs> and then shut up, you idiot! What's <laughs> also great too is like, it's this. Doesn't this come like right after him saying like to, like to John Paul the Third? He's like, yes, of course, you are the Pope. And then yeah. it's just like Palanquin brings him in. He is just cutting one of the greatest promos of all time, where he's basically like, <laughs> there has been a monopoly of religious fanaticism in this world, and it has not belonged to the Catholic Church for too long, we and we are taking it back, and we. Will be awakening an army of which we are in the supreme control of, and we will baptize the world in flame. And you're like, dude, this is a Final Fantasy villain that is occurring right now. This shit rules. But then they just send him to the school, and everything that he tries to establish gets so quickly like dismantled around him. Like this, this Final Fantasy villain exists for like ten minutes. Yeah, he does not. Actually, let's calm down. <laughs> he does not have the stomach for the violence because uh, what happens is uh, they call his bluff because he thinks this whole time that it is this this Middle Eastern terrorist network, you know, this almost like made up style, like, you know, seeming Western boogeyman of uh, of this all. And uh, uh, instead, it's uh, his own believers that this is where this is occurring. But yeah, the... Uh, he tries to intervene, uh, you know, he says, you know, to Pius, who is like, or to uh, John Paul, who is like, you know, we should let the law handle this. We are the church. We do not actually act. Because that's, the, he, he articulates basically a world where it's like the church is more caring, but doesn't really do much but care is the sort of middle way that he believes in. Uh, and uh, he, uh, you know, he's like, the church will be thinking of you. That's what we do. But, uh Pius wants to act, and instead of letting law and order take its course, he decides to act, which results in uh, the teacher who is held hostage being executed in a, a relatively, you know, gruesome style in front of these children as he, you know, evangelizes for his murderers. And then Pius immediately goes to John Paul and is like, I'm so sorry. Um, yeah. yeah, so he's um, Sir John Brannox, which is uh, Pope. Uh, uh, John Paul III uh, uh, is an ex like punk rock guy mm-hmm. uh, 
and uh, is in love with the secretary for the 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 papacy, who is the blonde woman. Basically, you know, they've they've uh, established this great connection during their time working, and he really just he didn't want to be pope. Uh, he was asked to do it basically as a favor to help usher the the church through a difficult time, and he he decided he was going to actually do that, and um, he lives his life forever with the knowledge of uh, wrong kid died uh, because he's the less favorite of the sons and i realize now what i should have said when steven revealed that he broke his arm was that he was doing uh new pope cosplay because actually <laughs> the new popes because it was uh john paul iii's brother his twin brother died in a skiing accident oh huh uh and uh uh sir john couldn't help him because he was high on heroin at the Y'all, time jeez guys i don't know if you've ever been to the alps a place no, that I I've never been to Europe, realized so. that I was like two days, like three days into being here. I was like, dude, I'm in the Alps, like the Alps. Um, <laughs> and it costs like a hundred euro for me to get here. It's crazy living in Europe. Do you know people in Ireland call this Europe? They're like, oh, you're going to Europe. <laughs> We're in just Europe. when you go to the continent, yeah. you're on your, yeah. you're in Europe. They'll just say you're, you're going in- to Europe. Uh, <laughs> and you're like, you're that doesn't make EU. any sense. Like, I, I guess know what you're talking about. I guess you know that's very much the I you know what it I can see that sort of outsider island perspective once you're like yeah. there like it would not surprise me it's if like if you're in Trinidad thing. and then you're like I'm going to North America and it's like technically well technically it's like you're in Concacaf I don't know like what is that <laughs> so and as we all know Concacaf is law <laughs> yeah Concacaf is law so so the thing the thing that's blown my mind the most about being here is the fact that I've spent. In the year in in the U.S. and in Ireland, I've spent a lot of time behind the wheel of a car with a person who's teaching me how to do it, and they have to do this because driving a car is dangerous. I have to get licensed. I have to. Uh, if I don't get licensed, I could probably hurt myself and a lot of people around me. You can go anywhere. You can go on a- any slope. You, they will not stop you. There is no licensing system. You can just get a snowboard, go to the top of a mountain, and go, and no one will stop you. And and it's not any, it's yeah. not even different. That's freedom. It's it's not even different because it's not like oh well, you're only going to hurt yourself. No, you will absolutely <laughs> hurt someone else by doing this. Like <laughs> like people are zooming down the hill, and you don't the know world, the, you're the world. The world where Stephen was like, "Sorry guys, I can't record this week. I put a child in the hospital Dude, in a in a snowboarding accident." Maybe yeah, I can't record because like force majeure happened. Uh, I can't I can't record because I force majeured a guy. <laughs> like that, what does that so even mean? Crazy. It's so crazy. Like, I just, I can't get over it. Sometimes you look at these hills and you're like, they don't stop anyone from going there, ever. You just have to have money. That's the only thing that they want from you, to go to the to the, to the the big, tall, black slope. Ian, can you, yeah. Can you explain how Marilyn Manson uh, and Sharon Stone figured into the new Pope as themselves? Uh, they both wanted to meet the Pope. That's really what it was. Sharon Stone wanted to meet Pius Thirteenth, but she thought the whole time she was meeting him, she didn't realize that there was a separate Pope. So she starts like asking him about Fucking the things actors. he did, and he's just being like, no, no, that was the other guy. I didn't do these things. And then, yeah, Marilyn Manson uh, is because... Um, uh, actually, I think uh, Marilyn Manson is because uh, Sir John... Uh, uh, wanted to meet him mm-hmm. uh, being like I think actually like one of his conditions 
for meeting the for becoming pope was like wanting to meet some people like that and then marilyn manson tells him he should go visit pius the 13th that's amusing unfortunate yeah. that marilyn unfortunate manson, that it's marilyn manson yeah 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 very much very but much the, the concept thing we of like, marilyn manson visiting the pope and then telling him to, to meet the other pope is funny and and it was right during that period of time where People everyone like, was He's like smart yeah we're like it's so funny remember when everyone was like that's the scariest guy <laughs> uh, that's that's one of those times where they should deep fake it and uh and replace it and as i suggest for all these times it should be christopher Plummer. Just, just like what he did with Spacey and all the money in the world. Just I love replace. Christopher Plummer. Yeah. yeah, everyone would be happy if Christopher Plummer was just there instead. Maybe he could be dressed as Marilyn Manson. I know he is deceased, but <laughs> that's why he with, can. But with deep thinking and with, with the power of technology, technology, we can replace we can replace Marilyn Manson with Christopher Plummer. We can replace you know Woody Allen with Christopher Plummer. You name uh, the film. You can take Nataro. You can put there instead. Didn't that happen for that? Uh, did happen Army with Chris Delia in Army of the Dead, where uh, <laughs> Zack Snyder, uh, a man who uh, confounds me, uh, did just be like, "Well, we can't have Chris Delia in there. Well, not at all. You're, this person is terrible. We're just going to put Tig Nataro in, which is such a beautiful idea." And she's just in like scenes by herself or something. The whole movie. No, I thought. Like, uh, I, she's in the scenes with people. I'm pretty sure she just didn't meet the cast until the premiere. Okay. Uh, yeah, they just you know used the modern technology to put like Tig Notaro's face on there, and it's such a genius idea of like, let's just do Tig Notaro. I don't know. She seems like she'd let's be just down go for it. opposite. Yeah. Was... Yeah. Exact opposite energy. Yeah. So uh, the Pope. Uh, the Pope uh, sends a strike team in and they immediately dismantle the situation after it's revealed that, you know, it was uh, religious extremists from the inside the Catholic Church. Well, it's like the Pope himself enters and they take their masks off. I thought that's what happens. Cause yeah, well, because they're, they, yeah. well, you know, there's, he, there's like, isn't there like the team with him to, as they like yeah, come to through? Yeah, to protect him yeah. if something were to happen. Yeah. But and they're like, oh like, God, it's pious. And then he's, you know, the Pope he, he looks at them. a mass shooting of children. <laughs> It, they, they look at him plot. and yeah uh-huh i like that it seems like he's maybe going to speak to them and offer forgiveness or anything and instead it's just silent as he looks at them and then you know uh they are whisked away uh and um the day is saved and pious is pope again because uh john paul just wants to go into obscurity which is all he's ever desired in life and now that he's stepped back into his obscurity his parents who are still alive and in wheelchairs and spend the whole time just staring at him disappointedly, finally wish to greet him uh, as his, his butler proudly announces. Uh, and uh, he, you know, is like, finally I can live a life that I, I desire. And uh, Pius speaks to the crowd and, uh, you know, um, articulates a, a vision of the world and the vision of the Catholic Church inspired by the works of John Paul III about you know, the vision of the church, the middle way, as he calls it. Uh, and was like, you know, John Paul was the one who was correct, not me. And then he's like, I finally wish to greet the crowd. And an important thing with Pius was throughout the young Pope is that he would not reveal his face to the people. Like there was no photographs of the Pope. The people did not know what the Pope looked like was a key thing. Like when he would speak, he would be like cast in shadow and his face was hidden. And I don't understand how that would work with like the fact that he was a guy who existed before, but I don't know. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, I guess the Archbishop of New York was also a deeply mysterious figure <laughs> yeah. is how they would have treated it, which sounds way cooler now that I think about it like that. 
But uh, yeah, so he, he speaks to the crowd, his face, you know, visible. He's done that before, but you know, it's still uh, a thing. And then he's like, you know, I just wish to come out and embrace you all. And this is where, uh, you know, he uh, crowd surfs and, and dies. dies. <laughs> his heart gives out. <laughs> it's just, you know, this is what happened to me just, at that. This is what happened to me at that Skrillex concert. Uh, when Skrillex you embraced came to Ohio every State. person in the crowd, yeah. and then I crowd surfed, and then I and then I laid down on stage and died right in front of Skrillex. Uh, this is this was the start of your cultish following. Yeah, as we determined. Yep. yep. You know, the young Pope. He did it. He was young. And, and then we get um, Voyola becomes Pope. Correct. Yes. Well, well we get a montage of a bunch of people. That's not the implication. That's the text. He's dressed as the Pope and about to go give a homily or whatever when yeah. the child in the most inexplicable shining homage. Uh, yeah. Did I not see the scooter. end of this episode? The very last scene is the <laughs> Esther's child. Was it post-credits? Who is also named Pius. It's during the credits, I think, isn't it? On the oh, credits, the kid riding around, you... on, the, yeah, I just, kid riding I just... around on the... I just turned the I just turned the episode off two minutes early. I'm really sorry. Okay, well <laughs> you get right. you get the kid riding around on the scooter with a tracking shot uh, behind him the whole time, and then he runs into Voyello, who is now the Pope, and he turns to him and goes like, "Pious, you're a pain in the ass," and like that is the end of the new yes. Pope. Yeah, we get we get a montage of a bunch of characters that were never introduced is in he these episodes. or? No, that's no, Est- we talked that's about the that. Esther's that's child, the, yeah, the blonde oh, woman, right. uh, yeah, yeah. I know, I yeah. get it. Uh, the child you wanted to name Lenny, yeah, but yes, uh, no, yeah. He's now uh, uh, Voyello is now Pius the fourteenth, um, thirteenth. Maybe it's Pius the twelfth. I don't remember. Uh, he'd the be the fourteenth because um, I think how, that's how it. Or maybe, do, he, maybe, how maybe he how doesn't. How often do popes name themselves after the last pope? Uh, it happens. I think JP I mean, like, two came right after John Paul the first. I think that's they were exactly back what happened. Back. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know how they choose their names or why, or maybe that's just something. And that's, again, Francis is a totally up. new. He's the first. Yeah, he's different. But Benedict was like the sixteenth. But yeah, uh, so uh, the Pope dies, and he goes to heaven, and heaven is a beach where he gets to walk around in just his uh, uh, his underwear and looking great. I don't think we really talked enough about how fucking good Jude Law looks in He this looks show. the same as he did in fucking Ripley or whatever that one at least that he one looks shot better. a million times. He looks better because I think age has suited him well. He's pretty in Ripley, but he's he's a little he's he's like he's thinner, he's wirier, his hair is thinner and then gets thick and then thin again. Uh shouts out to whatever things he's getting, but I think he just I think he the the age has suited him well. Uh, he's he's uh, he's a bit more of a beefcake, uh, and uh, he's just looking great. I don't know what else to say. Looking great. Good for him. Yeah, hot Pope, hot Dumbledore. <laughs> a thing that Stephen forgot about, which hot is Watson. so funny. Isn't he Watson? Of the nah, he movies? is Watson. Uh, they keep threatening to make another one of those, so who knows? But yeah, I mean that's the young Pope. He's in Anna Karenina. He's been a hot count. He was hot Captain Hook. In Peter Pan and Wendy, a movie that came out last year, apparently. Um. Yeah, you know who directed that? Uh, Don't look it up. Oh. Oh. You looked it uh, up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I said, "Don't look it up." I know, but whatever. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah, it's the follow-up to the Green Knight. <laughs> David Lowry's follow-up to the Green Knight. Peter Pan and Wendy. Uh he was one of the hot Doctor Parnassi. Yeah. 
yes. Maybe. Yes. Uh, that's <laughs> the thing, is that the Dr. Parnassa... No. Yes. The, the Dr. Parnassa... Imaginarium yep. Tony, second transformation. Is yeah, yeah, yeah. I never yeah, saw yeah, the yeah. Imaginarium Dr. Parnassus is... Dr. Parnassus is not that character. That's the thing. That's why I was like, no. Yeah. That's, I believe, the Tom Waits character uh, is Parnassus. But yes, the, the joke was that the... Uh, what is that? Uh, the Fantastic Beast franchise had uh, two of the three guys play Voldemort. Or not Voldemort, mm-hmm. sorry, Grindelwald, because it starts with Colin Farrell and then it turns into Johnny Depp. And it was like, mm-hmm. well, now that they're getting rid of Johnny Depp, they should just replace him with the third guy that does that. Oh, fucking goddammit. Wait a minute. <laughs> we already have him in that series. Uh, and that's where uh, they went with Mads Mikkelsen in a film that was really normal. He's been hot lemony snicket. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just he's been hot. It's just a voice role, so <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That was only the voice. <laughs> What about what about uh, hot Charles the Butler in uh, the robot Butler? I believe in Neo Yokio. Uh, I thought he's in an upcoming movie called Eden, so I thought maybe he'd be hot Adam. But actually, it's like a survival, a Ron Howard survival thriller with Sidney Sweeney and Anna Armas in it. So yeah, that was the young new Pope. I hope you enjoyed it, Travis. You're next, right? Oh, f- yes. Uh, fuck. Am I? Yes. No. Yes, I am. Shit. Wow, you're Fuck. pulling a real you're pulling a real Steven. Oh, I, have Steven whole, I have my whole list. <laughs> He's so stressed about the Lions game. He has nothing else uh, to do. I could about. make this young January. Because I picked young Alex Mack. If you want to do that. You you can do whatever you want. Sure. Fuck it. Let's do it. Because I don't know when else we're gonna pick this. Uh and it's not the young show that is entering its last season that we'll get to. Instead, Next week, we will do Young Rock. <laughs> what? Steven? Young oh, Rock. you're a robot. So ah. I'm just going to do it then. I can pull up a clock for you. Yeah, yeah. Put put some time on the clock for me. Let me know when to start. Okay. Ian, in 30 seconds, tell me everything you think you know about Young Rock starting now. Uh, Young Rock is a sitcom about The Rock and his life. And I don't know which network it aired on. I'm going to say NBC because I think Peacock has the WWE now. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's just about The Rock, America's favorite actor. An actor I don't like, really. <laughs> and this is, this is I'm going to get to talk about the Fast movies that he is not, oh, boy. Uh, but, yeah, it's Time. just like, hey, it's. That's, you're good. It's The Rock. Oh, oh he was once young. Uh, and it'll still be dry January next week, so I will not be drinking the Rock's tequila <laughs> during the recording. <laughs> Am I? Um, all right. Well, yeah. Join us next week for Young Rock. Thanks again to our Holy Spirit, Matt, for his wonderful work. Thanks to you, the listener. Uh, and I hope that you uh, uh, go with God. Um, and so right before Stephen brings us home, I just want to admit one thing. This is, uh, I don't, I think I've maybe mentioned this, but I'm going to put this forever on air. Uh, if I have officiated your wedding and you have given me any little bit of creative control whatsoever in what I read in the officiating, I have referenced the young Pope in your wedding. I've referenced the young Pope in innumerable weddings. Now it feels like at this point, there are lines from the Pope's love letters that I lift all the time. And this is my confession space for it. This is the end. I'm taking confession. I think we can let Stephen take it away in the robot voice also. Yeah, you're right. There's no reason not to. (laughs) 
Yeah, actually, please say some insane Pius the Thirteenth shit in a robot voice. Stephen, can you take us home? Because fanaticism and obtuseness are one and the same thing. Anyway, they don't eat dog in Korea anymore.